Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. With over 200,000 locations throughout the U.S. and offering 12,000 different types of batteries, stop into your local Interstate Battery store today and let them help you find the right batteries for your everyday life. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Iowa Sportsman Podcast, the number one source for hunting and fishing information, strategy and tactics, as well as conversations surrounding conservation efforts and other outdoor activities in the great state of Iowa. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and this episode of the Iowa Sportsman Podcast starts right now. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Iowa Sportsman Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and today we're going to be talking with Ben Leal about fishing for walleyes in windy conditions. Now, we also talk a little bit about all the conditions to fish for walleye, but specifically windy conditions and where the bait fish are, are most of the time is where you'll find the predatory fish. And that's what we talk about today. We get into the details of strategy we get into the details of tackle and lures and presentation and uh, hopefully what this will allow you to do is the next time that there is a windy condition out on the lake or river you know what to do especially when you're fishing for walleyes now before we get into the podcast we got to send a shout out to our partners at Bondurant custom furniture and you can go check out all their awesome customized handmade furniture at bondurantcustomfurniture.com and just by flipping through their website these guys have some really cool uh, furniture right so what they do is they take these old whiskey barrels and then they turn them into things like flower pots and lighting fixtures and tables and chairs and clocks and serving trays and coffee tables and uh, different things that you can hang on the wall just some really Oh, here's one, dog beds, right? Just a really cool looking piece of furniture and it's customized. So I'm sure if you have an idea and you want to throw it their way, uh, all you have to do is uh, reach out to them or at least go check out all their awesome furniture online at bondurantcustomfurniture.com. Lastly, before we get into the podcast, please go to Facebook and follow the Iowa Sportsman page. Also, be sure to visit iowasportsman.com and sign up for the magazine, right? Get a subscription to the magazine. Why should you do this? Well, number one, it is packed full of great articles, right? Tons of information about hunting and fishing strategy, and even they even get into some things like mushroom hunting and whatnot, and uh, that's what this podcast is. It's just an extension of their already really good magazine. Uh, tons of great information, like I said, so be sure to subscribe, and you can do that at the website, iowasportsman.com, and also on the website, there's a ton of great articles, right? So if you get the podcast you read their blog on the website and you get the magazine you're gonna be thoroughly informed about all the happenings uh, in Iowa as far as hunting and fishing and just being a great outdoorsman um, in, in the great state of Iowa so be sure to do that now I've done a lot of talking already let's get into today's windy condition walleye fishing podcast with Ben Leal all right, on the phone with me today, Mr. Ben Leal. How you doing, man? 
I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, before we uh, start talking today about the the main topic, why don't you tell us uh, what part of the state you're from and what do you do for a living? Uh, I live in Altoona, Iowa, which is um, just uh, east of Des Moines. Um, you know, the little suburb, one of the suburbs of Des Moines area, and uh, been living here since uh, two well, 1999 actually, and. I am an electronics technician by trade. So right now I work for uh, a company that manages the DOT's uh, cameras and uh, sensors and uh, weather stations and all that good stuff out there on Long I-80, I-35. Gotcha. So by by you saying that, I have a secondary question. Oh, about six months ago, I got a little letter in the mail from the city of Cedar Rapids, uh, and they got mm-hmm. they got me going uh, before they shut the cameras down. They got me going a little too fast in a in one of their speed zones, and they sent me a picture yep. of my vehicle. Do you work on those cameras? No, those are actually owned by uh, the municipalities. The oh, okay. So like like uh, here in here in Des Moines, Windsor Heights had uh, a camera. Um, you know, there's been cameras throughout the state, but those are, those are actually owned by the, uh, the cities that, um, you know, send you those nice warm letters. <laughs> Pen pal. <laughs> I heard a story yeah. one time from a, uh, from somebody where a guy got, uh, a guy got one of those sent in the mail to him, right? A picture of him speeding. Then the same guy took a picture of money and sent it back to them. Right. <laughs> Setting back. So the the sheriff or whoever runs that or the, the city police, whoever runs that must be in good spirits because then they t- turned around, took a picture of handcuffs and sent it back to him. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's kind of a fun little story. I don't like who knows if it's true or not, but, you know, um, yeah, kind of. All right, so Altoona, Iowa, um, and today we're going to talk a little bit about windy con- hunt, uh, fishing in windy conditions for walleye, and um, we all know that this spring has been a wet one in the state of Iowa with a lot of rain, and I mean, it's raining right now uh, here in eastern Iowa. How, how, how has the fishing been this year in Iowa from a water level standpoint? Well, the water is, is high in all of the major lakes. Um, you know, we have three here, the, the what are they called flood control reservoirs, right? They have the uh, Sailorville, Red Rock, and then Brathman. And yep. all of those are, are, you know, a lot higher than they, they've been in, in quite some time. Um, they've also had uh, uh, a lot of debris floating through the water. Um, in these big lakes so you know people aren't a- able to get out in boats or, i mean they might be able to get out but not quite you know rushing across the middle of the lake because yeah. of the of the debris so uh, it's been a little tough you know the spring fishing is kind of predictable you can you can predict more or less where the crop you're going to be based on the the um, lakes that they're in it could be uh, shallow but a lot of these areas that are normally not fished and become unreachable are, are where the crappie or the fish are going to because of the high water conditions so it's a good and a bad thing in that regard um the good the good thing about it is that typically when we have high water events like this the year class for uh, fishing especially the crappie um, tends to be pretty good in, in a couple of years because those fish that 
would have been uh, uh, harvested this year um, are not. Um, so we have, you know, another year of growth on them before they get, they get uh, back into the spring spawn for next year. Gotcha. So high water typically means good fish recruitment. Yeah. And, and you know, it takes a couple of years, but uh, right. again, it's just because those, it's because those fish are, are in the areas where we normally wouldn't even get a boat to. So, yeah. Um, you know, they're not going to change their habits based on the, on the water level. They're going to go, you know, shallow two to three feet, um, do their spawning beds. And, and, uh, a lot of that is going to be in areas where a boat can't get to right now. Gotcha. Yeah. I know I went fishing. What was it on Saturday at, at uh, Lake Darling, uh, west of Brighton, Iowa, mm-hmm. and the water was absolutely dirty, like just extremely yeah. dirty, um, couldn't you know i couldn't even see the bottom six inches out right i mean it was yeah you couldn't see anything and um but i ended up catching a couple bass i think just by luck dumb luck honestly off from the shore and Mm -hmm. uh yeah so um how difficult is is it to in in scenarios like this to catch like is it just a um switching up the lures or when, when you have a lot of rain like this and that dirty high water, um, would you say you have an equal chance of catching fish as opposed to lower levels in clear water, or is it about the same? Well, uh, you know, let's talk about clear water real quick. That clear water is actually harder to fish because um, the fish can typically see you. Uh, I don't know if you've ever, you know, they had the fish flage, they call it. You know, it's camouflage for fish. Yeah. Um, you know, shirts that, that, uh, kind of, uh, break up your outline. Um, so if you can see the fish, they can see you. So that's, that's one of the downsides of fishing really clear water. Um, when it's really, really stained, uh, you know, you want to use a, a, a bait that's going to make some noise. Um, you know, rattling, rattling bait, uh, spinner bait that's got a big blade on it. Um, and then also like plastics, uh, typically a dark, uh, blue, blue, black kind of jig or, uh, you know, worm, that kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, the fish again, aren't going to change, really change their habits. Although, you know, the smaller fish, uh, when there's high water events like this, there's a lot of food in the water. So, you know, um, lots of worms, lots of, uh, lots of little critters that float into the lake that, you know, these fish will feed on. So those, those can be a little bit harder to catch. Just because of the abundance of food. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I was basically taking, a, I tried a little bit of everything. I tried a, a jig and pig. Uh, I tried uh, basically just uh, another worm setup that I had. I, I, I didn't have my own tackle box, so I had to borrow one of my stepdad's. And um, one of his his tackle box are organized, but they're organized like just jam-packed with a whole bunch of stuff. You, you know, like... Have you ever opened up a tackle box and you pull out one, try to pull out one worm and they're all stuck together because they've been in there for so long? Yep. I've even had to change colors because they've been in there so long. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So um, to, you wrote an article recently for the Iowa Sportsman Magazine on fishing in windy conditions. And I think this all kind of ties in about what we've already talked about with uh, water clarity as well, because along with lots of rain comes typically and storms comes lots of wind. And um, uh, we're going to talk a little bit specifically about walleyes and what to do uh, in on windy days. But the first question I have about this topic is 
you know, in order for us to know what walleyes are doing on windy days, we kind of got to know what they're doing on regular days, days where there might be not as much wind. So, um, and we'll cover rivers and, and lakes, but we'll start with whatever you want to start with. All right. On a, on a clear day or a non-windy day, an average day, um, how are you attacking walleyes? Well, uh, on a, on an average day, um, walleye are going to probably just stack up where they're going to be feeding. Um, they're not going to move around a lot. Um, so you're going to be able to, you're going to be able to use a jig. Uh, I've caught a lot of walleye up in Canada, um, and on really sunny days up there, you know, we, uh, some of the guys that I've fished with have, have uh, got these trolling motors that have the, uh, you know, the anchor point in them, you know, they got the GPS thing Yep. and, um, they'll just anchor over a spot. And we'll, you know, we'll just vertically jig for these, these, uh, walleye in, uh, in deeper water, you know, 20, 25 feet. Um, they'll be down there, uh, just hanging out, I guess, best way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, they'll be feeding off of the, the bait fish that come by. Um, they don't, uh, they do move around, you know, like I, I don't think fish are, are you know, I wouldn't say that they're stationary all the time, but they will move around. So they, they're going to be sitting on these, uh, these humps and, and drop offs for a while. Then they move off. Um, typically it's, they're moving off when the, when the bait fish move off. So, um, that's the, that's a typical scenario in terms of, uh, of, a calm kind of day. Uh, it, and it also depends on, you know, one of the things that I write a lot about in my articles, um, quite honestly is, is, you know, how the weather affects the fishing. And one of the biggest factors, um, of the weather aspect of it is the barometric pressure, uh, you know, rising and falling, uh, and high and lows will affect the fish. Um, and in some cases quite adversely, I've, I've fished, uh, the day after cold truck come in, um, that'd be a really high pressure and there was clear blue sky and I fished all day long and I think I caught one walleye that day. So, um, you know, the, the, the fish react to that, that barometric pressure change and especially if it's drastic. So, um, you know, if you got a storm coming in, those fish are going to start feeding because the storm typically is, is preceded, you know, by a low coming in. And uh, those fish will start being very active um, at that point. But um, those are—that's one of the things that that you know I I will if I'm out and I want to I want to maybe document how well my fishing was for the day. You know, that's one of the things I'll do is I'll pull my phone out, and we all carry them now, right? We all have these yep. these uh, smartphones, and I'll take a look at the barometric pressure, and I'll, I'll note whether it was rising or falling or steady. So. Um... As far as the barometric pressure then is concerned, is it better is, is it better fishing on the rise when it's high and kind of plateaued or on the decline? It's definitely better on the decline when when the when the pressure's coming in, uh, when the low's coming in ahead of a storm, the fishing will be will be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, very interesting. I know that barometric pressure. Um, affects animals in many different ways and you know a lot of guys in the deer hunting woods will say hey man when the barometric pressure is moving you got to be out in the woods right well then they have scientific studies that show that barometric pressure does not affect um the you know the move 
like the the distance to your travel or whatever. So I really, I would love to see some kind of article or a little research done about whether or not fishing like barometric pressure really does because from a, a fisherman's perspective, it may, but from a scientific uh, perspective, it may not. So and that, that would be pretty interesting for someone to do some research on that. Yeah, there was, uh, I've, I've done a little bit of research online and there's been, uh, quite a few articles and, and also, um, some, some information posted about, uh, you know, how it affects the fish. Um, and one of the things, things that I read is it, it, uh, if you, if you kind of picture a, um, large hand, this just sitting on the surface of the water, uh, the, the, a high pressure is, you know, compresses. So what that does is it, it just imagine the picture of the hand pressing down on the surface of water and, and it compresses the, you know, the pressure inside the, inside the lake, it gets a little, I guess, denser is one way to put it. But yeah. The, the tip, the fish will typically slow down at that point because, because of that pressure. Um, then they feel better a, after the hand gets lifted off mm-hmm, on, okay. on the rising um, and falling, uh, they'll, they'll, uh, you know, the falling pressure is obviously the hands lifting up. The fish are going to be more active and they're going to feed, um, quite actively at that point. So, gotcha. uh, you know, that's how, that's how I kind of like to look at it. And yeah. It was yeah. a pretty good description. It gives you a pretty good visual. Yeah. Okay. So what about then current, um, on a nor on an average day, right? Let's just maybe relate it to this time of year. Are the walleye going to be in current? They're going to be deep. They're going to be up shallow. Are they going to be in no current? The uh, well, you know, like any any predatory fish, they're they're going to follow the forage. So, uh, in windy days, uh, the bait fish are going to be pushed into uh, bays. They're going to be pushed up against uh, the wind windward side of uh, shorelines, um, up against the dam if they happen to have a dam and the wind's blowing into that. So. You're going to find walleye um, chasing after those bait fish as, as they are getting blown into it. And typically walleye, and if you think about a river walleye, they're going to be facing upstream. They're going to be facing into the current. So that's how you need to look at it when you're fishing on a windy day on a lake is, you know, wh- where is that current blowing? Because when the wind blows strong enough, it does create a current below the surface of the water. So they're going to be facing into that current. So the bait fish are going to, you know, they have a hard time fighting against that current. So they're going to blow. They're going to just kind of go with the flow, if you will. Yeah. So let's say on a lake then, um, as the bait fish get blown into the west or the east side of this lake, whatever, um, you know, walleye aren't like bass. We know this, right? They don't go and they don't sit in, you know, under a dock and just chill out. Um, What are the walleye then coming into the shallows on specific parts of the day to as kind of like an attack mode and you know they go in they come back out or are they eating their bait fish at a much deeper level well they'll they'll be deep initially during the day i mean you know like the walleyes have the the big eyes right you know they 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 are uh they are designed to to, uh, um basically hunt in uh, in dark water right so they'll be deep during the day when the sun is up high and then as the sun goes down and even as it sets, uh, they're going to move shallow because the, they can see their, the bait fish, uh, 
um, with their big eyes that they have. So, gotcha. You know, they'll they'll move around. They're they're going to follow the bait fish, but you know, you got to keep in mind that they're not going to be shallow on, on the on the day where the sun's out, even if it is windy. Yeah, You're, they're not going to be uh, jumping out of the water on a frog, a topwater frog, right? <laughs> no, no. If you ever catch a dude on a frog, you better take a picture of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be an anomaly, that's for sure. That's right. That's right. All right. So, uh, same question, but on rivers, like whether the wind is. Let's say, I've, we fish a lot on the Mississippi, right? And if the mm-hmm. if the winds out of the south, the river's a little rougher. Um, if it goes with the, you know, if it's out of the straight north, the the river's a little flatter or, and then whatever, you know, East and West, um, let's say blowing across the current is always going one direction. So how, yep. how much of an impact does wind play on, on a river? Um, quite honestly, I don't think it has as much effect on the river as it does in a lake. Um, because like you just mentioned, the, the river is constantly flowing and the direction is always the same. Yeah. Um, it would, especially in a river like the Mississippi, you would, you would have to have a, a substantial amount of wind to even, you know, change the current at all. Um, I think the biggest effect is going to be, um, presentation really. Um, and how you, you know, boat control that can be real tricky on a windy day. You know, when you're, when you're, uh, fishing in a river, the size of the Mississippi where um, you've already got current, you know, yeah, you're, yeah. you're actually, you could actually be moving faster than you need to be um when you're trolling especially uh, you know the, the the current plus the wind can just push your boat right along and your 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 lure will never hit the right depth and it's going to be moving too fast gotcha gotcha all right so then let's go back to lakes here for a second right wind plays a big role of where the bait fish are on uh, on a lake and then the walleye follow now we have to talk a little bit about the presentation of the bait. What what are you throwing? Are you trolling crankbaits? How are you How are you attacking them? Um, I typically throw the uh, either a jig with plastic or or a minnow. Um, I've had some pretty good success with uh, with a, a bottom bouncer using a hook. Uh, I don't know if you've ever used a hook called the Slow Death, um, but it, it's uh, basically a worm hook. And it has a natural bend in it, and you can uh, it actually just spins. Um, so you don't need any, you know. Most walleye rigs have one or two blades on them, um, you know, a couple of two or three hooks for the worm. But this is just a single hook, and it works. It's amazingly works amazingly well. Um, but you would you would look for the fish to be um, facing into the um, current if there is any down there up against uh, drop-offs. So uh, the bait fish are going to come up over ledges. So let's say there's a 10 foot, 10 foot ledge that suddenly drops into 30 feet of water. That's typically where you're going to see them is right on that ledge where it drops off. Um, Cause the, the bait fish will be stacked up against on that ledge. Okay. Um, and then what, like other than, you know, what you've already talked about as far as the, the bait itself is there a specific color that you're throwing? You know, um, for me, the the uh, pink jig head, believe it or not, with with a white uh, twister tail or white grub, um, really works well. I've used uh, Berkeley's uh, Gulp Alive was pretty decent success. Uh, some crankbaits work well if you can get if you can get them to, to crank down that you know casting them that deep. Right, but. Um, 
the 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 pink and the white are really really um probably a go-to color i guess if, if you know if i didn't have anything else right so if you had your choice pink head white white worm yep how, yep, how exactly. big quarter ounce quarter ounce how big would the worm be three inch yep. three inch okay yep. all right and are are you just casting it and reeling it in or are you just uh like parking over top of them and, and just jigging straight from the boat yeah uh no i'll i'll um park outside the the uh, drop-off and i'll cast up into the into the uh, drop-off and let it let it sink and hit the bottom and then i'll just kind of bounce it along the bottom until it hits that drop-off and then uh, start jigging it you know swimming it i guess is the best way to put it yeah. once it passes that drop-off gotcha um, and you know, quite honestly, most of the bites will come on the drop. So you know, you'll you'll lift the rod and give it a jerk, and then as it's falling, the the fish will hit that thing. Um, and you'll you'll know it. Every everybody knows. Everybody that's fished for walleye will you know know that familiar thump. <laughs> right, right. All right. So, um, any other tips, tricks, or tactics that we need to be aware of, um, whether it's you know tackle and bait, or sh- from a strategy standpoint on windy conditions well i think that one of the, the greatest things that, that you can do um if you're not sure is to troll um you know it's a it's a way to search for the for the fish um you know most guys have some sort of electronics in their boat and, and if they don't have electronics in their boat uh, we have apps on our phones where we can uh, you know lake maps and that kind of stuff yeah so I've done that quite often is, is used, uh, like, like I mentioned before, a worm harness or a bottom bouncer, a crankbait where you're, where you're trolling it down to about 15, 20 feet. And as soon as you get a bite, you know, mark your, mark your spot where you got the bite. Um, and, uh, you know, make a couple of passes in there. You, you catch more than one or two fish, then you, you probably figured out where they're at. And I got to keep in mind that where you mark is not necessarily where the fish are at because you could be trolling with, you know, 30 feet behind you, but yeah. um, that's a great searching tool. And then you can, then you can park and uh, start jigging for them or, or, you know, throwing some minnows down there and um, probably do pretty well. Right. Now, as far as fishing is concerned, there are days where I, you know, you go out and I've caught a, you know, what feels like a hundred, a hundred bass, right? They're biting all day long, whatever. Now, whenever I've gone specifically walleye fishing, I don't think I've ever had a real day like that where I'm just crushing walleyes, right? Um, are, are they a little bit of a finicky fish when it comes to the bite? I mean, it sounds to me like the presentation has to be absolutely perfect for them to, to get caught. Yeah, I think so. Because that, you know, the, bass or ambush predators you know they'll they'll uh sit along docks and, and reeds and uh they'll just hang out and then the bait fish goes by and and you know bam you, they'll, they'll attack it same with your lure yeah. you know you throw it up into the shallows and bounce it a few times and they're opportun- they're opportunistic uh you know and and they'll that's how they that's how they feed right walleye on the other hand they, they school for one so there's, you know, there's typically more than one or two fish, um, in the school and they're, they, you know, they're hunter sinkers, I guess is the best way to put it. They'll, they'll go around the lake and looking for the, for the bait fish to, to feed on. So yeah, presentation is pretty important. Uh, they're, they're going to 
because they're used to seeing the bait fish down there. Now, you know, we've got plenty of lures out there that mimic them very well, but uh, I know that sometimes you throw a crankbait out there and it's got a, a bent eye on it and it starts swimming sideways. You know, they're, they're not going to, uh, they're going to be less apt to hit that than they would something that's swimming true and, and straight. Yeah. So I, I would definitely say that they're, they're somewhat finicky um, and, and they're going to be, you know, they're on the move and you're going to catch them for a while in deep water. And then as the, as the day progresses and um, the weather changes, or the sun goes down, they'll start moving shallow. Right. All right. So on a windy, on a windy day, um, let's say you only have your choice. You can hunt from dark to noon or you can or fish from dark to noon or you can fish from noon to dark. What are your, what would you choose? Uh, I think I'd go from the noon to the dark. Okay. Uh, you know, the I've fished early in the morning before for walleye, and, they, and they've, they've been a little bit active, but not. I've had more success later than earlier, but um, that, that would be my preference. Gotcha. And then I wouldn't have to get out of bed early. <laughs> <laughs> I see how you think. I see how you yeah. think. Um, all right, so we've you know we've talked about a lot about lakes um and you mentioned that you know you don't feel that windy conditions on a, a river matter as much but it, would you approach would you approach uh fishing on a, a river any different on a on a windy day um well quite honestly i i've, I've only fished smaller rivers so gotcha. uh i might I might approach that a little bit differently uh, when it's on a smaller river because uh, it can, depending on, you know, if, if you've got a nice big eddy that's got some slow moving water, that the wind could affect the, the way that that flows there. Um, but, you know, larger rivers like the Missouri or the Mississippi, you know, those are going to be, um, I don't know that the tactics would change other than maybe uh, figuring out a way to slow your boat down or um, even parking your boat, you know, off off to the side of the shoreline and, and casting up into uh, some shallow areas where the fish are going to be, um, cause they're not going to fight that strong current. You know, they're going to be, they're going to be uh, behind wing dams and that kind of stuff where, yeah. where bait fish are, are you know, rolled into. Uh, and that's where they're going to hang out. So I, I would target those areas for sure. Yeah. And that's one thing that uh, whenever I go out with my father-in-law in the Mississippi, we always stop at a wing dam or two uh, and yep. uh, start casting up cast it on top of them or right right in front of them um and that's where that's where the walleye hang out and uh every once in a while yep. we'll run into a couple of them but like i said i've never had one of those days where you just, i've just crushed walleye yeah i remember one uh one summer that i was up in canada and, and uh you know for whatever reason and i can I, you know i still haven't been able to quite figure out why but I was fishing in the bay, um, and there was a there was a active current off to you know the right side of this bay, and for whatever reason the the walleye were just stacked up in there in about ten foot of water, and my wife and my son and I you know I think we we boated fifty fish within four hours. Um, and it was just one of the, one of those days that you know one of the record books as it was. Yeah. But, um, you know, that typically is not, I mean, that's not a typical day, right? I mean, that's just, just one of those, you happen to be in the right place at the right time kind of days. Yeah. I like days like that. 
Yeah, ain't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, what's uh, what's going on for the? You know, we're actually recording this podcast on Memorial Day. Are you going out to try to do some fishing uh, this week sometime? Yeah, actually, uh, uh, my wife and I are going to be packing up and heading uh, heading north. We're going to uh, Minnesota. Actually, my wife's uh, folks have a cabin up there. Um, and we're just going to do some fishing for the week, and looks like uh, the weather's going to cooperate. So, should be uh, should be a nice week of uh, rest and relaxation, and uh, you know, doing a little bit of fishing. They got bass and northern and crappie in that lake, so awesome. a little bit of everything. Awesome, absolutely. Well, we'll have to get you on another time and uh, chit chat about uh, more fishing. And uh, I really appreciate your time, Ben. So, thanks for coming on. You bet. You bet. Thanks for thanks for having me, and uh, you know I'd like to uh, give a shout out. I guess I've never done one of those before, but you know thanks to all the veterans that uh, that served, and you know I I spent uh, eight eight years active duty. My father was a uh, was a twenty seven year veteran. Um, you know he served in Vietnam and World War Two. So uh, you know thanks to thanks to all of those guys that that did uh, did the job, and um, some some of them gave their all so that we can enjoy the freedoms that we have today. So I just wanted to make sure that we thank them. And, and if you see a veteran today or you see a veteran anytime, you know, make sure you thank them or thank their families for the, for the service that they gave to the country. We here at the Iowa Sportsman Podcast and the Sportsman's Nation as a whole second that. Huge shout out to all the vets, right? All the vets, past, present, and future, who have dedicated uh, their entire life or um, part of their life to uh, serve this great country. So we owe you a great, great, uh, great debt of gratitude. So other than that, again, go visit the iowasportsman.com. Go visit bondurantcustomfurniture.com. Take a look at all the uh, unique offerings that uh, they have because um, I'll be honest with you, I think I'm going to get one of their clocks for my wife for her birthday. It's just handmade furniture is what she likes and uh so i'll get it for her anyway that's enough of uh today please go visit the facebook page make sure you subscribe and keep a lookout for the instagram page coming fairly soon other than that i hope everybody has a great rest of their week and uh come visit us again